Welcome, everyone, to our NCAA Social Series. This is episode 51. I'm Andy Katz. Shortly, I'll be joined by Stanford's Haley Jones, who is the most outstanding player in the NCAA Women's Tournament held in San Antonio as the Stanford Cardinal won the national championship over Pac-12 rival Arizona. Then I'll be joined by Davion Mitchell from Baylor of the championship Baylor Bears as they knocked off Gonzaga, the previously undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs, in Indianapolis for Baylor's first ever national championship. This was a men's and women's tournament like no other in a year and season that was unprecedented. Uh, there was certainly some doubt as to whether or not all of this would happen way back in the early fall when the decision was made back in September to start the men's and women's basketball seasons on November 25th. There were pauses for a number of teams. There were postponements and cancellations some teams and some players opted out, but finally we got to the postseason, got through the conference tournaments, and then the NCAA tournaments, all in one place, one state in Texas, one state in Indiana, one area in San Antonio, another in the greater Indianapolis metro area as well. Pulled it off. There was only a couple of players on the men's side, an official that ultimately could not participate, but that was before they played in the game. There was one team, VCU, that ultimately could not participate, uh, and they were not able to play their game against Oregon. But once the tournament started, there was no second-round game on in the men's that was canceled. So only one game in the men's, and not one in the women's tournament was canceled. It was a remarkable achievement to pull off both these tournaments, to get through to the finish line, an unprecedented year, and we had two unbelievable tournaments. It was certainly madness all the way around. There was chaos, but at the end, there were a number one seed on the women, the Stanford Cardinal, a number one seed on the men in Baylor, two champions that certainly won their national championships in exciting and in dominating fashion, respectively. So let's start with our conversations. First, with the most outstanding player from the Stanford Cardinal, Haley Jones. Well, Haley, congratulations on sort of the double dip there, winning the national championship for Stanford over Arizona, an all-Pac-12 final down in San Antonio, and then being named the most outstanding player in the Final Four. Quite a weekend. Uh, first off, um, basically, what are we, uh, less than a week past it, how much has it settled in what you and your team accomplished? I think it's honestly just kind of starting to settle in in these past few days. Uh, it was Sunday night and it didn't really hit me Sunday or Monday. And then Tuesday when we're back at school and people are still congratulating us, I'm like, okay, wow, that, that really just happened. And I'm wearing my Natty Champ shirt. I'm washing all my clothes. I'm like, wow, like I was really just in San Antonio. I won a national championship. You know, we're starting to pick out rings and things like that. It's really starting to sink in in the aftermath of everything. So your team's journey was really remarkable. And um, throughout the course of the year, I was tracking all the teams that I had to go through, Santa Cruz, um, basically everyone related to Stanford, uh, you know, late winter or early winter, I should say, uh, was uprooted. And the same thing happened to Santa Clara uh, and everyone had to move down to Santa Cruz, essentially. So if we go back first, I'm just curious what that was like when you guys were told that Santa Clara County said, uh-uh, cannot play here, cannot practice. And you had to look for a new home and that meant on the road and ultimately settling in Santa Cruz. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, coming into the season, we knew that nothing was really guaranteed and that even meant our own training facilities here and our dorms here. So our slogan coming into the season was all in. So when Todd told us, you know, we're going to have to get on the road, we don't know how long we're going to be on the road, but we're starting in Vegas. We were like, okay, let's do it because we all came into the season knowing that we wanted to play and how it ended last year. We didn't know how long that, that may be, but we knew we wanted to make it last as long as we could. So um, we started off in Vegas, Arizona, LA, Oregon's, Washington's, and then we ended up having a new home here in Santa Cruz. Um, but it was just a crazy journey that we went on, but I wouldn't change it for the world the way that it ended up. Yeah, look, we've said that throughout the course of the season that if players and teams opted out, that's understandable. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, a couple high profile programs did like Duke. Uh, why do you think your team stayed all in even when there were a couple of positive contact tracing related issues with you guys yeah we knew um we were just so disappointed the way that things ended last year uh so i think uh we were all in and we want to play with each other uh we loved each other so much this year and i think that the relationships that i made with these girls this past year being so close on the road even days where you don't want to be around anyone you're still forced to be with each other so you just kind of learn to love each other through the good and the bad and so we didn't want our time to end with one another so uh, whatever needed to be done, we had that con positive contact tracing. But other than that, it was pretty much smooth sailing on the road, as, as smooth as it could be being on the road for 10 weeks. But uh, we just didn't want our time together to end yet. So whatever needed to be done, whatever bumps in the road we had to get over, we were going to do it. So with that as the backdrop, uh, then you take everything you guys experienced, this crazy 10-week road trip, and then you go to a controlled environment in San Antonio. How much did what you experienced maybe better prepare you guys for what was to lie ahead in that controlled environment in San Antonio? Yeah, uh, being on the road, we lived out of hotels. Uh, we lived out of our suitcases. We were getting up, packing, changing rooms, changing hotels, getting on buses, planes all the time. And then even when we got to come back to Stanford towards the end of the year, we were still quarantine to our dorms uh, while we were on campus. We weren't allowed to leave, go to Target to get some type of toiletry that you may need. Everything was Instacarted or whatever. So when we got to San Antonio, it really wasn't much of a change than what we'd been dealing with all season. We never really had this open freedom before that. So I think that it better prepared us. We weren't going stir crazy during our quarantine in San Antonio. Um, it was just kind of something that we were used to. So I think it better prepared us mentally being able to be in that sort of space. So I think that um, what we went through all year long really just better prepared us for the San Antonio bubble. And also, you know, from what I could see from afar, um, you guys also were really strict in your own protocols because, you know, we know there was a high infection rate and, and Stanford, as I said, in Santa Clara County, obviously took it very seriously. When you guys would gather it on the court, you made sure you guys were spaced out, I could tell, from what I witnessed um, in that aspect because everyone sort of came from different parts of the country that might've have had, had, might have had different protocols. Um, how much also did that prepare you guys for what the NCAA required within the bubble or the controlled environment? Because you guys were doing it anyway of making sure you were spaced out in every sense of the way. Yeah, I think that a lot of teams and just uh, universities across the country had lots of different protocols when it came to COVID this year. And Stanford was one of the strictest ones. We got tested 
eight times a week. So sometimes you'd be getting tested three times a day when we're about to travel, you get tested in the morning before that practice, you can get the antigen and then we get PCR for traveling the next day, as well as getting antigen for uh, the plane the next morning. So you get tested three times a day, but we're getting tested eight times a week. Um, like I mentioned, we were quarantined on campus. We were never leaving. We weren't seeing any other teams. Um, the only time you saw like your friends from other teams is in passing as you're going to the screen tech to get into all the different athletic facilities. Um, we live in our own hallways. So, I mean, we're only interacting with each other. So I think that when we got to NCA, honestly, the protocols were a little bit lighter than what we've been dealing with. We're only getting tested once a day. Uh, we've been used to getting tested twice a day sometimes. Um, and I mean, I think we were just so prepared based upon Stanford's protocols that we had all year. So coming to the bubble, bubble was honestly a little bit more relaxed than it was the, all year. So we were prepared. Well, and obviously they had to have a baseline. Uh, and what was remarkable um, is in the women's tournament, there was not one single cancellation. So clearly everyone was on board. Everyone came in prepared. Uh, no virus entered the control environment and no virus obviously was within the controlled environment. How would you assess the way it was run uh, from those protocols? I mean, I mean, I know Stanford was higher than sort of the average, but once you were there, there ultimately were no issues uh, virus related. So how would you assess the way that was handled and carried out? Um, I think it was impressive that we didn't have any cases the entire time and no cancellations. Um, but I think it's also just kind of like, it's a lot of respect to all the different teams that were there and all the different girls and everybody, even though you came from different protocols and a lot of people hadn't been getting tested as much, they did the saliva test. But now that we're here, everybody did the nasal test. So I think that it was just kind of like everybody bought in and everybody knew that they were disappointed with the way the season ended last year. So everybody wanted to give themselves the best chance to continue as far as they could in the tournament. So um, with all of NCAA's protocols that they had, and you know, you have security passes to get in each hotel, the hotels were only for the teams. Um, every different protocol that was in place, every team bought in and it seemed like there wasn't a lot of backlash to it. So I think that's just respect to everybody wanting to carry out their season as long as they could. But um, as a whole, I think it was ran very well. Um, it was kind of smooth sailing. There were directions at the convention center for where to get tested, where your practice courts were, everything was scheduled to the T. So I think that it was ran um, for the most part pretty smoothly while we were there. You know, one of the things that a lot of players and coaches have told me is that uh, while they might have missed out on going back home in between rounds and dealing with sort of the euphoria of, you know, you've reached the Sweet 16 and then you've reached the Final Four, um, while you didn't have that, on the flip side, you had even more of a bonding with your group um, and, and really even more laser focused as you progress within the tournament. How did that play out for Stanford? Yeah, I think for us, we've always uh, been the team where, uh, I mean, our goal this entire year was to win a national championship, but we never focused on that. You gotta focus game by game. So going through the tournament, we did the same thing. You know, that's our end goal. We have to keep in mind who else is in our bracket, what's happening on the other side of the brackets, but at the same time, you know, in our first round, we can't focus on the next round yet. We have to win this game if we wanna get there. So. Um, you know, we may be like, okay, at one point we may have to face South Carolina, we may have to face Louisville, but we still got to beat Missouri State. We've still got to beat Oklahoma State. We still got to beat XYZ teams to get there. So um, I think just going through the season that we had and having all that road time, um, we already know how we do film and wear hotels. We already have everything in place. We know when meals are, everything like that. So I think that we were just a well-oiled machine when it came time to be in the bubble and at the tournament. So going from round to round, it was kind of similar to how we were on the road. We have two games per weekend when we're on the road. And so that's how it was. We have 
class during the week. We already know when class times are, we know when film times are. And it was just, we already had this schedule from being on the road and being on the Pac-12 so was very similar. So like I said, it was just a well-oiled machine by that point in time when it mattered the most. And Haley, even though, you know, we didn't have the kind of fan base, obviously, uh, either in San Antonio or Indianapolis, um, it, the, the level of play, the intensity, um, the last possession games that you guys experienced, it was at an all-time high. Uh, and all that was missing were, you know, 30,000, whatever the, you know, capacity, 50, 60, whatever. Um, and, and earlier it might have been, if you guys were playing in other arenas, maybe 20,000. Um, but that was the only thing missing. The intensity never dipped. Uh, you were there. You participated. You won the MOP. Um, what was that like to, to once the ball was tipped, that the games and the intensity never, ever dropped? Yeah, I think that fans add a lot to the atmosphere. So it's definitely different not having them there. But by the time it came to the tournament, we were used to it. We didn't have fans all season. You know, we're playing with the crowd noise playing on the speakers during the games. So um, having the fans there was definitely an added thing that we were grateful to have because we love our fans, our families being there. Like that was amazing to have that. But um, the game never changed from last year to this year. The games are still the same. So the intensity that you played with last year, the intensity that you played with the first game of the season to the last game of the season, it's going to be the same because you're bringing it every night. And I think that it was an added level of intensity this year um, throughout the whole season, but especially in the tournament, because there were still no guarantees. Even when you get to the tournament, there was no guarantee that there was going to be one. And then even after there, your game can get canceled if you have a positive test or anything like that. So everyone is leaving it out there on the floor every single time you touch the floor. Um, you never know when a game's going to be your last. You never know if it's even going to be up in up in your hands. Last year, it was in our hands that our last game was our last game. But um, so having that being an additive thing, um, you leave it out there every time because you don't want to leave it any regrets. So I think that you could feel the intensity in the games because you never want your season to end and you want it to at least be in your hands if it is. And, and lastly, Haley, uh, this has been a year like no other in, in all our lives, regardless of age. Uh, this is a hundred year event. Um, and you experienced uh, by far as a college basketball player, um, an unprecedented season. And you capped it off with a national championship, um, a memory and a moment uh, that will last your lifetime. Just if you could just reflect for a moment what this year was like and the manner in which you ended it, what made it all worth it? Yeah, I think um, this year was filled with different adversities that we faced throughout the entire season from beginning to end. But I think along the way, we reached these huge milestones as teams. First, we got the win for Tara. Um, that was amazing because she's created this program. What is today is all because of Tara. So we were part of that legacy. We inputted our foot in that legacy in that way. And then we go, we went Pac-12. Stanford hasn't done that in a few seasons in the regular season. And then we won the tournament. So we had different goals that we got to reach every, we had different goals that we got to reach um, that we wanted to. And then, I mean, we wanted to win the regional, did that. Now we're winning the championship. And so just being able to surpass all these different milestones that we set up in the beginning and not knowing if this year was gonna even be able to get to a finish, um, it just, feels amazing and I feel honored and blessed to have done it with this amazing group of girls. And I wouldn't have changed this rocky road of an experience for anything because I love the people that I went into it with and I love how much stronger we came out and we just came out tougher, grittier, more resilient and more together. So it's just, it's just been an amazing experience. 
Well, Haley, I appreciate you. Congratulations on an unbelievable year. Weekend, certainly for you, uh, as the Final Four most, out, most outstanding player as Stanford wins the national championship. Congratulations again and stay safe. Thank you so much. And now let's shift to the men's national champion, the Baylor Bears. Davion Mitchell, who was also named the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year during the Final Four weekend. One of the best, not just defensive players, obviously, but uh, certainly a critical part offensively of Baylor's national championship. Conversation with Davion Mitchell here after Baylor won the national championship. Well, Davion, congratulations on the national championship. Won Monday night with a convincing victory over Gonzaga. Uh, Want to go back first and just discuss this season. Uh, there were a lot of twists and turns, a lot of sacrifices. Overall, uh, how would you describe what you and your teammates had to go through to get to that championship game? Uh, yeah, I think uh, this season was probably one of the craziest seasons I've ever been a part of. I mean, especially because you got to test every day. Um, if somebody get COVID, you got to got to see who's contact tracing, so you might get shut down for a couple weeks. So that three week pause we had was was definitely it definitely hurt our season. I think. I mean, I think we could have went undefeated, but I think everything happens for a reason. So I think God put that that three week pause in us for the better. I mean, I think. Uh, that three-week pause hurt us because we couldn't get that chemistry um, like we usually have. We couldn't be around each other, couldn't practice. So it was more of like individual workouts. The individual workouts, you start to think about yourself and you in the game, especially for that long, that period of time. You're not, you're not running no plays, so a lot of people got the plays. I mean, it just kind of just messed the whole chemistry up in our season. But I think um, we did a really good job coming after the pause. Um, after those practices, we only got two practices. And which really, which really hurt us a lot because we practiced really hard. I think that's what helped us in the NCAA tournament because they gave us that week just to practice, and we practiced the hardest we ever practiced before. Um, we focused on defense the most of the time just because our defense was slacking over the course of the season. So we focused on that, and I think that really helped us when I went to our tournament. You know, you would see the behind-the-scenes people that we did not uh, from those that were taking the tests your athletic trainers, your doctors, um, even the people literally just sort of setting up uh, in various arenas around the country or helping you travel. Uh, when you think about everyone that it took to, to, to get this season through to the finish line, what did you see from your vantage point of everyone trying to make it work? Yeah, it was just a blessing to have uh, all those people. I mean, just, just wanted to help, just wanted to have a season. I mean, especially just thank the NCAA for letting us have that NCAA tournament. I mean, just, you know, last year they canceled it. So just for them to to do that, test every day, make sure everyone is kept safe, um, make sure you wear a mask around the building, kept everybody in one spot so you won't get from other people. I mean, I think they did a really good job of that. And, yeah, I think the trainers, I think they did a really phenomenal job with us because they made sure we didn't do anything, go out, they made sure that we had masks, even in our own gyms. We had to wear masks. We couldn't just go to the gym anytime we want because, I mean, who knows? Somebody else we could bring somebody else and it just mess up the whole thing. So I think our staff, uh, both for our athletic trainers, our coaches, and all the other people behind the scenes did a really good job. So when you guys started this sort of postseason run in Kansas City and going from there to the NCAA tournament, 
Um, how much did that help that you had already sort of been in your own sort of bubble world as you entered a controlled environment in the postseason? Uh, we knew that that bubble really helped us. I mean, especially because we had to, because the NCAA was next, and we had to prepare for what's, what's about to go on. And, um, especially we lost to Oklahoma State. I think that really helped us too, just because we, we, we came into the NCAA tournament like, no, we can't lose no more games. Um, this is the only game we can lose. I think we did a really good job of not stressing out after the loss against Oklahoma State. I mean, they was a really good team. I mean, they're really well coached, really good players. So we never really stressed about it. I mean, I think after Oklahoma State, we had those practices, and that was like a fuel to our fire to win these national championships. So how were you guys able to, um, for lack of a better term, almost like sort of stay sane during this controlled environment? Because the teams that lasted longer, while that was great and you had a chance to win a title, that also meant you were staying longer, you know, in this sort of confined environment. How were you guys able to stay so together and not get rattled by almost a Groundhog Day, day after day, you know, in the Marriott, going to the convention center, going to the arena? Yeah, the coaches did a really good job of uh... – chemistry together we did karaoke we did uh fine i mean not final but uh connect four tournaments uno tournaments like things like that just to keep us busy and just not to keep us in the rooms i mean because sometimes everybody would get bored in the room but we can't leave anywhere so it's like you really can't do anything so the coaches did a really good job they had movie nights uh, we got to go outside to the baseball field um, with the top golf i mean they did really good man I, they kept me busy i mean i never was there i was like man i'm bored i'm really want to do something because I was just always doing something um, and then when we made it to the day we could go to the gym anytime we want instead of just having that time um, that really helped us a lot too because I know guys like me and Maceo we wanted to just get in the gym just to shoot just to work on our game a little bit and, and after getting that that definitely really helped us we, we we didn't ever complain I think our team did a really good job not complaining um, we just stayed together throughout the whole thing and what does it tell you when there are so many cancellations and postponements during the regular season, including, you know, that three weeks that you guys had to deal with, that at the end of the day, there was only one cancellation, just that VCU-Oregon game, over the course of three weeks. Uh, and no one was positive within the controlled environment. Um, you know, no one got removed. Anyone that was positive came with it. Uh, you know, it was before the tournament started. There wasn't anyone that was moved once it started, uh, where like it was a game in the second round, Sweet 16, and so on. What does that tell you uh, about the commitment that everyone involved in Indianapolis? Oh, for sure. It, it tells me that like, man, we can, I mean, if we can do this, man, I think we can do anything. Just have just have that many teams in a hotel. Um, they they had gyms in the hotel. I wouldn't think we had to, I thought we had to go to a different spot. They real well. We had the test every day, like I said. Um, and then there was no really – they kept us safe. I mean, we all felt safe. We didn't never feel like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to go here just because they might have COVID or this team might have COVID. I mean, everyone had a mask on. So, Davion, uh, there should be never any asterisks with this championship because this, I thought, was one of the hardest to win in really, you could argue, since this thing started in 1939. It was a grind. Uh how would you view what you all went through to win this national championship, the first for Baylor? Um, yeah, we went through a lot. I mean, just from last year, we thought we had a chance last year to, to go to the Final Four and do great things for Baylor. And 
that got taken away. And a lot of players that, that came from last year didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament. So I think we wanted to do it for them guys just because they didn't get to play. I mean, and we knew we had a chance to do great things and they took that away from us. But this year, I think uh, it's just a blessing, I mean, to be put in this position, especially with those group of guys. I mean, anybody could have thought about themselves, but we always thought about the team. We always knew who we was doing it for. I mean, throughout the whole tournament, nobody got selfish. I mean, we was always thinking about each other. I mean, talking to one another, just playing for one another. So I think it was a great thing for Baylor. And lastly, Davion, you know, this stage, I, I, I'm, I'm biased, obviously. I think it's the greatest stage for players like yourself. But also, you're a fan of the game. And you think about, like, what Oral Roberts did or North Texas or Abilene Christian. You know, these moments that they couldn't get during the regular season, the stages they were on the Gonzaga UCLA finish and what Jalen Suggs did, you know, to win the game like that. Um, what, it, what is March Madness and the tournament you guys just experienced? Uh, if you can put into words what it means to participate in something on that kind of a stage. And it's like a dream come, dream come true playing the NCAA tournament. I mean, just, just to be in those bright lights, um, playing in front of everyone is watching. I mean, I feel like everybody in the world is watching when I play. It's like, it's crazy. And then just watching those uh, upsets, it's always an upset every year. So you're kind of expecting like, all right, who's going to be the first team to get this upset? And you're always on your toes because you don't know what team, because some team can just come out hot one night. I mean, some team could just, one, the best team can just play horrible when other team can play hot and they lose the game. And, and knowing that they, they're not supposed to lose that game. So it's just a, you're always on your toes. Um, you're always excited to watch it. I mean, I tried to watch most of the games. I mean, but you know, I couldn't really do it because I had to watch film and other things like that. So, but when I did get to watch the game, I watched the whole game. I didn't move. I mean, I didn't even know the players. I'm just watching just because it's March Madness and it's the the greatest basketball that I ever seen. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I mean, it's definitely fun. An NCAA tournament. Um, like I said before, I'm just blessed to be able to play in and win a national championship. Well, congratulations on a remarkable run, national championship for the Baylor Bears. A lot of it had to do with you. Uh, Davion Mitchell, the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year. Congratulations on that award as well. Uh, stay safe, Davion. Appreciate it. Thank you. You too. And that'll wrap up this edition of our NCAA Social Series, Episode 51. As always, you can go to ncaa.org slash social series, where we have all of these episodes archived. We've been doing this now for a year. We're going to keep on going. We'll talk again next week. Stay safe, everyone. Thanks for watching.